Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars and more. My name is Blake, and I'm here with some of the best hosts in the galaxy. There's only two other ones tonight, which is okay. First off, we have the commentator, Andrew. Think of something. Think of something. The Jedi Archive, Dietrich. It didn't have to be this way, Blake. But it's all you know. We're missing two of our hosts tonight. That's okay. Wesley, man, he's on sabbatical, I guess. I don't think Wesley's ever missed two in a row. (laughs) He's just... Busy man. Grant, he's just elusive. You never know when he's going to be here. What were you going to say, Andrew? I said he's a busy man. Yeah, he is a busy man. He's out there getting, like, weathered on by weather at his music festival at the blue root oh I should probably not say he's this is his address he lives (laughs) (laughs) dox him (laughs) (laughs) man without further ado let's get into our news for tonight now hear this I can't hear you oh now hear this now hear this So first off, in our Star Wars and other geeky news, it's mainly Star Wars tonight, but uh, Star Wars The Living Force Novel will be coming out on April 9th, 2024, written by John Jackson Miller. It is said to take place a year before The Phantom Menace. It's going to follow the uh, members of the Jedi Council. If you look at the uh, art for the book, you see Yoda, Mace Windu, uh, Master Depa Balaba, Plo Koon, um, the, uh, Kion, gosh, Kyundi Mundi, and a myriad of other Jedi that we see uh, in the Jedi Council for the Phantom Menace. So, do you do you guys think? What do you think this is going to be about? Uh, exploration and finding stuff that they didn't know about, except for the Sith. <laughs> they d- will not find the Sith at all. No, they they were pretty blindsided by that. Yeah, definitely not. I think it's just going to be a struggle. It's going to show us more struggle for the light side. More struggle inside yeah. of the light side. That's all it's going to be, probably. Probably going to be fun, though. Eh. I don't care too much. It's just, eh. I don't know. I mean, I get that, but I'm always excited for more an abundance of Jedi. I don't like this era where Jedi are wizards, and I mean, it's cool, but I don't know. Really? Because I think that's like one of the things that the prequels did wrong is have so many. You think it was wrong to have so many Jedi? I think it was perfect. I love the amount of Jedi in the prequels. I, I love the culture of the Jedi in the prequels. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think I would actually really. I don't think I could actually really answer that question unless uh, I saw like a High Republic, or you know, some kind of a show based in Coruscant around the Jedi Order before the Purge. You know. Well, I'll tell you what. Some of the best battles we get are with the prequel Jedi. The the best lightsaber fights, bar none. Episodes one, two, and three have the best lightsaber fights. Y- you can't you can't tell me otherwise. I will never, I will never concede on that. I don't know. I thought this one in this episode was pretty good. <laughs> it was not as good as a prequel one, though. Come on, man. Come on. It was good. Which, I don't say it wasn't bad, duel, but it was. I think Grievous, Grievous versus Obi Wan on Utapau was pretty weak. Um, well, yeah, but he wasn't even a Jedi. He was just a droid with lights. You said he duel. You said duel in the prequels. You didn't say Sith versus Jedi encounter. I'm just. I still, I still think, I still think that's better than what we saw in this episode. I think the Dooku battle with Anakin and Obi isn't that great. I they sh- they shot that one terribly. It's it's the yeah. lighting, it's the cinematography that really just ruined it. Yeah, it is, but I will say when it gets to Dooku and Yoda, it's only cool because Yoda's flipping around. That's the only reason it's cool. Take well, Yoda yeah, out I mean, of that's, that equation, that's the whole... and it's not like Dooku is not an exciting. That's the whole. That's what's cool about all the the freaking prequel um, Jedi. That's the only battles, time he does it. The duels. 
Well, not just him, but everyone's flipping around and jumping and doing... Like, everything is just way more fluid, acrobatic. Everything just... I understand I what you're saying. It just seems... And I think it goes in line with what I'm saying about, like, I think it'd be cool to see a High Republic show or a, a show based on Coruscant just to see what it would be like to have that many Jedi. I mean, I, I like the mystery of, ooh, there's only a couple of Jedi that exist. That's cool, but... Yeah. They just keep introducing new characters, and they can do that indefinitely. So really, it's not as mysterious as it seems every time they do that. A lightsaber battle with no emotional investment is not always good. Like, just I because agree. there's more, it doesn't... I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, part of it's part of a narrative, like, structure for Star Wars to whip out the lightsabers when, you know, it ish hits the fan. But the Jedi just do it whenever in the prequels, mm-hmm. and I think... I wish they would have not done it as much in the prequels. Well, I think it's well, I think yeah. that's a good point. I think the reason it was done so much in the prequels, obviously, was because of the purge and because they were showing these Jedi trying to fight back at that moment. And really, it wasn't yeah. all at one like it was all at one time, even though it was spread out. And so, right, I think that that's a I mean that's a pretty strong point. And so, like for example, in Episode One, the very first time we see uh, Obi Wan interacting with Qui Gon, and they're on the droid ship, and they get locked down, and the droids start attacking them. I think it would have been better narratively to have Qui Gon put away a lightsaber, or to have Obi Wan start to whip his out, and Qui Gon be like, "No, trust in the Force," and then they use the Force to just knock them over or something instead of whipping them out all the time. I, I actually would. I'm Save. actually with I'm with you on this one. I think it would be a great idea for them to have more fights with less lightsabers between Jedi. Save the lightsabers for when the droid deck is rolled up. Yeah. Allow that yeah. to be the grand reveal that lightsabers going up against the droid deck of shields is pretty dope. Since I'm being disagreed with so hard, I will say this. I think the best lightsaber fight... For both the reasons that I express and the ones that Blake expresses are the Revenge of the Sith, Anakin against Obi-Wan on Mustafar. It has yeah. both the flashiness that I think Blake appreciates mm-hmm. and the emotional weight that I like. Yeah. I love emotional weight too. I do. But that one definitely has the mixture of all of it. I mean, it's, 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 it's all of it. I mean, it, it is emotional. It is flashy. It is fantastic. And uh, Yoda, Yoda and Palpatine fighting was was pretty good, but it was nothing compared to Obi Wan and Anakin fighting. In other news, I might be jumping ahead with this one because we're talking about Ahsoka episode four tonight. But um, Ahsoka episode five, we do not know the name of it yet. I don't think I may be wrong about that. But uh, if you know the name, whatever, it is coming to theaters, select theaters across the country. I am pretty stoked about that. I mean, what what the heck are we going to see in this episode for it to be in theaters? It is directed by Dave Filoni. It's the it's, I think I think it's the last one directed by him in in the series. The biggest reason why it's going to be in theaters is I think Dave Filoni's kind of full of himself and I think it's being released in theaters because he pushed for it. That's my opinion. I I'm not basing that on anything. I don't know anything. It just that's just kind of the vibe I've been getting lately from Yeah. Star Wars. That's a good that's a good non spoiler uh reaction. Could also be And I agree with that. A bit of a test for this movie they want to do in twenty twenty seven. Ah that's yeah. true. Yeah, see. Oh, didn't think about that. I will say that it seems like Dave Filoni is uh taking out his to- his Star Wars toys and playing his own little game, you know? This this these are his characters. Yeah. His story. This is really Dave's foray into his Star Wars. I'm enjoying it, man. Um, without George Lucas, I think I think a lot of people, especially like you, are forgetting about Cad Bane, man. I think there's like just a lot of people that are forgetting all the good stuff that has happened in Star Wars. Well, I don't. I'm I'm not negating the good. I think Rebels and Clone Wars are fantastic. I love those shows, and Ahsoka so far has been pretty good. In this last episode, uh, no spoil. You know, I'm not going to tell you what I think about it all the way yet. But this episode has been the best that I've seen. Episode 4. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And Cat Bane. Love Cat Bane. But this is, but this is really his, his foray into 
his Star Wars on on a streaming platform. Like he he was involved in the Mandalorian. He was involved in I mean he was involved in all this stuff. But these are his babies. Okay, these rebel characters. Ahsoka for one in Clone Wars was his baby. It's his first baby. I've said it before. It's his first baby. And then the remaining cast of rebels, Hera and Zeb and um, Sabine, Kane, Ezra, they're, they're all his babies. Thrawn is not. That's Timothy Zahn's baby. He's just adopted him. Dave Dave is definitely playing his own little sandbox now. Um, yeah, you know, he's, he's definitely playing with his own toys at this point. And that could be for good or bad. I think that remains to be seen. Yeah. I, th- I think we have to have the uh, the next piece of media to really see what happens, or at least the end of this this series. Let's at least give this series room to breathe and go where it needs to go before we make judgments about is this good for Star Wars. So this would be a good time to mention that Dork Wars the podcast has a merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising. What's that? Merchandising. Come. I'll show you. Open up this door. We've got Dork Wars the coffee mug. We have Dork Wars the hoodie. Dork Wars the t-shirt. And we even have Dork Wars the map to another freaking galaxy. But you better wear gloves because it will burn your hands to pieces. I'm just kidding. We we don't have a uh, map to another galaxy. But we do have a lot of merchandise. A lot of cool stuff. So check out DorkWarsPodcast.com where you have the links to our merchandise store. To our YouTube channel to everywhere that you can find Dork Wars, all of our social media pages. You can interact with us. We can talk and have discussions about all things Star Wars and geekdom, you know. Uh, really would love you guys to check that out. So check out DorkWarsPodcast.com. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka Episode 4, Fallen Jedi. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. This is your spoiler warning. If you have not watched Ahsoka, Episode 4, Fallen Jedi, pause Dork Wars the podcast. Or turn us off. You can even turn us off. You can close the app if you want to. Go check out the episode. Ahsoka episode 4. Then come back and listen to our take on this episode. Attention. Spoilers. So Deidre, I want to come to you first, man. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling some vibes from you tonight. What do you think about this episode? Just generally, not not the good or the bad, just in general. What's what's going through? Generally, your mind? quite positive vibes coming from me, man. Um, they did a lot did a lot of things right. Very few gripes. I think they're setting themselves up for some good stuff to come. Overall, great experience. Definitely a step up from the first three. This is definitely a cut above. So, Andrew, what are your general thoughts on this episode? We'll get into the good, the bad, the ugly, or the fantastic, as it seems. Uh, Just general thoughts on Ahsoka, episode four, Fallen Jedi. Pretty bummed with Dietrich, to be honest. Uh, I think that this is probably one of the best Star Wars episodes, 30 minutes of Star Wars we've seen in quite some time. Uh, kind of. S- Why are you bummed with? Because Dietrich he agrees with me, and I was hoping that I could try to do some convincing. Today. <laughs> I was hoping maybe like somebody would be like, "Oh man, it sucked," and I, man, I really hated this, and all the, this, the hyper ring and the all the you know the what zippity zappity. I, I hate Scooby Dooby. Screw Azoka. Screw her. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I I really enjoyed it. That's all I can say for now. Oh, that reminds me. So Grant was super wrong about anything going inside that ring. We got to call him out on it. Maybe that's why he didn't join us. Might be why he didn't join us tonight. Nothing goes in that <laughs> ring. Not yet. I think something will, but it no, I don't think so. I don't think anything to. can. I think that it would. I think that they just show that nothing could, or it would be destroyed. Maybe. I thought they might try to take the chimera back with them. 
if it's still operational. But, it'll probably attach somehow. Like it'll be like a a below yeah. it or above it or something. You know what I mean? Who knows? But uh, we were definitely right on that one. Suck it, Grant. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but my general thoughts on this episode definitely a step up from the first three. Um, I am really enjoying where this is going. It's getting mystical. It's it's getting into a realm that's that's different. You know, we we don't see the world between worlds a lot, and I think that's a good thing. I don't want it to be overly used. So seeing it sparingly as it has been, when you do see it, it's a cause for celebration and like, hey, what is gonna happen? So I I have generally got a great feeling about this episode. Um, nothing nothing really glaring for me, uh, as far as gripes. So let's let's get into it. Um things things you guys liked about this episode. I'll start with Diedrich since I started with him the first time. All right, well, since I already brought it up and I know we're going to talk about it eventually, I thought the fight between Ahsoka and Balin was really good. It was grounded, yet also acrobatic at times. Things I I thought you would have appreciated, but it was also, like, not crazy flashy. These are not, like, prequel-era Jedis jumping and flipping around. To piggyback on that, I really think Balin showed, like, this is one of the first times we actually, besides Darth Vader, see a Jedi Knight. And when I say Jedi Knight, I mean, uh, like, a that's the class in Star Wars The Old Republic. It's a tank yeah. where you're just a big dude with a big two-handed lightsaber and you're just your power. He's definitely got that. And I do appreci- I appreciate the fight. I do. I thought it might be a little bit more acrobatic. I do, I do wish to see some prequel era type fighting at some point. But this was a really good lightsaber battle on the whole. Yeah. It really was. I can't. I can't say it wasn't. Um, yes. Do I long for those really flashy fights? Yes, I do. I really do. But this was a good fight. I mean, it was grounded, like you said. It had a lot of emotional weight. You can every every blow really meant something. Um, Ahsoka only uses one lightsaber for some yeah. reason. Um, I think she's trying to keep one hand open to get that map. That doesn't explain why she used one against Maroc. I have no idea why she oh, did that. But I can tell you that. Um, oh, go on. Go on. Go, so yeah, the go scene on. where she's fighting Maroc, um, he starts to twirl his lightsaber just like that random Inquisitor from Tales of the Jedi did. It's the exact same move. She used the exact same technique if you go back and watch that Tales of the Jedi episode to just yeah. one, one swing yeah. kill him. She, she, got, she got that Obi-Wan. She got that Obi Wan going. I was going to mention this as the second best battle in the show. I think this was awesome. I nah. really think it was. Hard disagree there. You think this really? was the second best? Yeah. Wait, what was the first best battle then? Balin. Balin's in this fight. No, I'm talking about Ahsoka and Marat. I would disagree. I th- I think the second best fight was between Sabine and oh gosh, what's her name? Shin. Yeah. I think that was a better fight. I was so psyched to see her come out in her armor, start shooting, fight like a Mandalorian. I think that's her strengths. That is that is Sabine's. And strength. it wasn't until she started using her tools that's that's when Shin had to throw the bomb and get away. She she just had to get out of there, you know. Well, well, I was gonna say I think that was great at character development for her, but I don't think it was a particularly amazing fight. I thought it was good though. I I, I liked the fight. I think it was visually appealing. It, we see uh, Sabine in her wheelhouse. That's her comfort zone with her bombs, or not her bombs, her rockets and her um, grapple hooks and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we see Shin. She's just going all out like normal. But I do want to ask you guys this. Uh, where is Sabine's jetpack? Where, where the heck is that thing? Because that is what gives her the they edge her. over Jedi who can force <laughs> jump. Yeah, I, I guess. They always do. I guess. I guess Although, so. Argument's but, sake, she did not have a jetpack for most of Rebels. It wasn't until like the the Mandalore arcs of Rebels that she gets a jetpack back. But but guess what? This is after that. She should have a jetpack. <laughs> I mean, I assume they're expensive, and this is several years after that. So who knows what happened to that jetpack in between? Uh, Mando yeah. also has a jetpack at the end of season two. I think right? Doesn't he have a jetpack at some point, and then somehow it goes away? 
Yeah, I love how we live in a world where jetpacks have infinite energy, guns have infinite energy, lightsabers have infinite energy. That's not true. That's not what? true. In Mandalorian Season 3, we see the um, the limitations of the jetpacks. They can't get to uh, the creature that's stealing all the Mandalorian kids. But they can get anywhere else and everywhere else. Not, not everywhere. I, I believe I we had a, a, a pretty big discussion about how Mandalorian Season 3 definitely strayed away from a lot of stuff that a lot of us agreed on. So I don't know if using that as evidence is the best. Yeah, I would say unlimited fuel is not the same thing as being able to go up to a certain speed. I still I still would like to see her with the jetpack. Maybe she sold it for uh, spice money. I'm with money. you. I think, I think it's ridiculous that we're not seeing it. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a small thing, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, oh man, this is, this is a total crap episode because she didn't have a jetpack. <laughs> um, but she does, she loses her helmet. That's and right. Then she goes after. That helmet comes off way too easy all the time. Keep it on. We just watched three seasons of The Mandalorian where they like fight constantly about keeping it on. Keep it on. And you can kill the dude. You can kill the guy without removing that helmet. I <laughs> mean. That thing kept coming off, man. It was crazy. I was like, what in the world? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was because she cut her hair. Well, I mean, maybe her head's gotten smaller in, in the last, you know, 10 years. Or maybe the grips aren't as good, you know? I don't, I don't know. Well, how, how does the Mandalorian keep that helmet on their head? Is there There's some suctions. kind of adhesive Yeah, have you like, never heard the little sound? It pressurizes to their... Like suit, it does pressurize. Like, why is this thing coming off at all? This is bull crap. You know what? You know what? This is one out of ten. One out of ten. Right now, this episode. Yeah, that was that was one of my two gripes. Ooh, oh, we we done hit a gripe. We're we're a few minutes in, and we already hit a gripe. That's okay though. It's okay. But anyways, uh, we'll talk about that more. I'm sure, uh, Andrew. I do want to get to what you liked about this episode. I had a lot of positives that we already covered. Like, I think a lot of lightsaber battles were amazing. Um, you're not asking your negatives, and I have negatives coming to my head for some reason. Um, I don't know why, because I really enjoyed this episode. It's great. <laughs> Darn it, why you gotta be so pessimistic, Andrew? Um, this is my I job. really enjoyed uh, they brought some of the pilots back that we've seen before. I thought that was great, some of those X-Wing right. pilots. Um, so yeah, yeah. Carson Tiva. I keep finding negatives in all of my positives. Um, uh, <laughs> it was really cool to see some death and destruction. Uh, I loved that Merrick, after all of our time like debating on who it was, he just died. He's there just gone. So, there were so many theories. Yeah. Dude, I saw from Ezra and Starkiller, and could it be... You said it was um, Ezra. Uh, uh, I did yes, not you did. Ezra. I said that was one of the theories. No, I said it was one of Do the theories. Do y'all think he's uh, actually gone? Listen. No. Um, I think he's gone for no. now, but I think he can be reanimated. Uh -huh. I th nah. Maybe. I think he's in the same place with Thrawn. If Thrawn's gone, he's gone. If he's gone, Thrawn's gone. If they're not gone, they're not gone. Oh. Good take. That's what I think. So that kind of... That scene, since y'all brought it up, and it's one of the things Andrew likes... It's not a gripe of mine by any means, but I thought it was interesting that we see like the smoke come out of the body, right? Just like we kind of see yeah. Night yeah. Sister magic work in the Clone Wars. It with, is. Uh, it is nice. Savage nice Ren. Or not Savage Ren. Savage Oppress. <laughs> Whatever. Sabine. Sabine Sav Oppress. Savage Skywalker. <laughs> so we think it was like a. You think it was like a reanimation type thing, or a. Oh yeah. Well, that's not. That's yeah. not how it was. For Savage, Savage got enhanced by magic. Ah, okay. But okay, he actually, okay, okay. but he didn't just he didn't poof into smoke when you killed yeah. him. So I'm not saying it's the exact same thing, but I'm saying it's probably Night Sister stuff, right? It's we've seen something similar. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. I think it's some kind of necromancy. That's my uh, that's my take. Maybe they have all the Inquisitors in some uh, underground they, vault. They might. Well, not to sidetrack, but I'm pretty. So I, I would love to get into some negatives now that I've thought of a couple of them. <laughs> um, I think it, 
I'll tell you what, Andrew, what, what was <laughs> negative about this episode for you? I got some small gripes, man. Like, uh, the really, the whole Sabine Balin scene, that whole thing was just so ridiculous to me. They spent all this time building up and breaking down and building up and breaking down Sabine and being like, oh, she's strong, oh, she's not strong, she's strong, she's not strong, every episode. And then now, here she goes again, off on the addiction, trying to get Ezra. And that's why I think Ezra's still yeah. alive, because I don't see why they would have have her give up so easily. Like, she- oh, dude, he is so he's got to be alive. If if we get to the end of this and Ezra is dead, the fan uproar would be. It would be immense. Everyone would be so they would burn Disney. The I mean, ground. they would go to the studios, It just felt so forced. Burn it I mean, ground. am I wrong in that? That it just felt so obviously like oh she's not gonna <sighs> enjoy it uh, so they can move on to the next well, part of the story i don't like that she gave in so easily i do understand that she wants to free ezra and she wants to find him and that's her goal i'm almost wondering if it is a kind of uh a misdirect like she gave it to them so she could get to ezra and once she gets there she's gonna be like hey we gotta we gotta fight these guys. It's it's me and you against the world, which would be an overall stupid tactic. I mean, but, but a I think it's pretty story. clear that even though she, even though Sabine is currently on the ring with them, she's like a prisoner. Yeah, she's not with them. Kind of. She's it, just it, there. It's a weird. It's I don't know, man. It's a it's a weird little line because yes, she is handcuffed. They they do take her kind of as a prisoner. But she chooses to do that, and it's kind of like her being introduced to Balin and Chin's way of thinking. You know what would be interesting? Maybe she's not necessarily a bad guy. She's not necessarily a bad person. She's not necessarily... Maybe she's tapping into the dark side a little bit by going over to that side, but she's doing it for her own reasons. She's doing it for good reasons. I'm going to make a prediction. Right? Yeah. Uh, My prediction is going to be that she is going to get uh, some kind of scene or maybe multiple scenes training in some way with Balin, and he's actually going to unlock her potential. Mm, see, I was thinking that she'll be put in a situation where she might have to kill the other apprentice or one, like, you know what I mean? And I, th- I think, I think Shin will turn good at some point and help Ahsoka or the good guys in some way. I don't think Sabine will stay bad. I'm not saying Sabine will ever become bad, but I think Somehow, some way, right. mm. uh, Balin is gonna make her stronger. Mm-hmm. So I have a theory about this, guys. I want to bring this up to you. You know, I've been vehemently against um, Sabine being trained as a Jedi. I've I've not liked that at all. But in Episode Three, Ahsoka does say that she does not need Sabine to be a Jedi. She just needs her to be herself, I think. I think that's what she says. I might not have said that right, but I know she definitely says she doesn't need her to be a Jedi. I remember that. Yeah, it's pretty much on the money. Maybe she's not really training her to be a Jedi. She might be training her to tap into the Force enough to better herself, to, to have that calming mind, because Sabine is very headstrong. I mean, Even in this episode, we see that she she makes a split decision to say, hey... I'm going to give them this map so we can get to Ezra. That's that's pretty much a on like right there decision. I'm sure she did not premeditate that. If she can tap into the force just a little bit, have that calming meditation kind of mind and kind of take control of herself. It may better her as a warrior, as a person, as a decision maker. I really think that that's what Ahsoka is training her to do. I don't think she's training her to be a Jedi. I mean, Ahsoka's not even a Jedi, technically, at this point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think she's trying to get her to be this amazing uh, warrior who, who uses the Force to, to destroy and to, uh, you know, the Jedi's not supposed to use it to destroy, but to, to fight and to, to do this and that. I think she's literally training her to be a better version of herself and no other reason. I'm kind of getting tired of this whole Ahsoka's like, I'm a Jedi when I want to be, and I'm not when I don't want to be. E- even right. the, even uh, the bad guys, way. the bad guys now are just like, yeah, she's a Jedi. A Jedi's coming for us. We got to get ready. 
Like, well, dog. I mean, they call her a Jedi in the Mandalorian. I mean, they they pretty much label her a Jedi. Everyone's a Jedi if you're not Sith, and you're not for hire. That's not well. That's not true. That's really not. That's no, not I, true, that's not. I'm not saying that that is a fact. Case, I'm saying that that is what they think. <laughs> Everyone is a Jedi if they're not helping them or they're not bending to their will, then they are a Jedi. Balin's not a Jedi to them because he's helping them. I, I well, I, I, I can't agree with that's that. That's just to them. I mean, they don't know. I don't, do they really know or care? Do they bother to even care or think about, oh, are they Balin. Jedi? Are they, are they having little in inner thoughts with themselves yeah but balin's not sith he's balin knew that she left the order before um the yeah. clone wars ended he he says he knows anakin yeah, he says the line that few survived to see what anakin would become so he I knows that ahsoka that right. left but he still refers to her as a jedi yeah because i mean yeah. he just they're not bad he's, he's not and bad he still does good stuff i really wish I really wish Ahsoka would go on and uh, and identify as a Jedi because I've said this numerous times bef- before the series, especially, is that she kind of upholds what Jedi are supposed to be. That that she upholds that standard. Mm-hmm. I think she's probably the most Jedi Jedi of the prequels, other than maybe like Obi Wan or Yoda, and even them they have their faults, and Ahsoka has hers as well. But she upholds that standard, and she leaves the Jedi, which order. is the whole point of the show. I feel like because isn't that really isn't that yeah. the entire point? Is she kind of climbing back to being no. a Jedi? She's climbing no. back to become no. a Jedi. She's it's she she broke from the Jedi Order just like Luke Skywalker did to forge her own path. That's the whole point. Whoa, 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 Everyone whoa, whoa, needs whoa, whoa, to whoa, whoa, forge whoa. their own path. That's what she's trying. When did to, Luke break away from the Jedi Order when he? When he went to Octo? I don't know. It's 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 in the post whatever that you guys hate, everybody hates. The sequels? Yeah. Yeah, The Last Jedi. I mean, he didn't... He still refers to himself as a Jedi. Doesn't he say that he left the Jedi? Like, he's not good no. enough? No. Nope. I could have sworn. No, he's a Jedi. He said... He, he wants him to die. He said... He's a Jedi, but he wants him to die. He states, when I die, okay, well, the Jedi will die Well, disregard that. It doesn't matter. It seems pretty mm. obvious to me that Ahsoka is... Even telling Sabine she has to forge her own path. She's not a Mandalorian. She's not a Jedi. She needs to forge her own path. That seems like the whole theme of the show. I mean, to me, I don't... I can agree with that. I don't think she's trying to... But I think all all the media I've seen up until now, and even this media, like, it, it really shows her kind of leaning back into becoming a Jedi by name. I, mean, I think by actions, she is a Jedi. I think by intent, she is a High Jedi. Republic Jedi. Yeah, the good Jedi. I mean, I mean, I, it, the ones that that were serving the people. She serves the people. She's doing this for the good of the galaxy. We know she's not doing this just to save Ezra, because in this in this episode, she literally says, "Look, if if this is how it's going to be, we have to destroy the map so they don't get the map. If we don't save Ezra, too bad. We don't want to start another war." So she is serving the people of the galaxy. But so were the other three Jedi. How was, how was Mace Windu not serving the people of the galaxy? How was Yoda not serving the people? I didn't, say, not serving I didn't say he wasn't. Qui-Gon tried to. I think the other Jedi, they were so blinded. I mean, we, we get that they were so blinded by uh, their arrogance, their hubris. That they couldn't see the Sith rising up right under them. They couldn't. They couldn't see that Palpatine was a Sith, the major Sith that they were looking for, the entire Clone Wars. Yeah, the ten years before the Which Clone Wars. Which just shows to the power of Palpatine, not the hubris or lack of. Oh no, the Jedi were so. Even the Jedi were the, so. The Jedi were locked. That. Luke states that in the sequel trilogy. Said, I mean, yeah. it, it just as yes, a fact. he says that as a. Child who is he says that as a sixteen-year-old man. He says as an adult, sixteen-year-old yeah. man, a 60. 60, 60, 60. Who? Luke Skywalker. He says that he's he says that in the Last Jedi when he's old. I don't. Okay, I'm not die. gonna I'm not gonna sit here and argue with something about something that was stated and shit that you guys constantly say. Oh, that's not good enough evidence. 
No, dude. The sequels do not count. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> give me some evidence other than that. Give me some evidence other than that of hubris of where they were blind. Well, I mean, I'll give you. I mean, they they didn't see the Sith right because under they their, because their he noses. was so powerful that he was able to disguise it. No other Sith could. If do he that. was so freaking powerful, wouldn't they feel that? Darth Vader can't do that. There's a. That's what I'm Jedi. saying. He was so powerful, he could disguise it. Can can two things not be true at the same time? That's what I'm saying. I I don't. I mean, I, maybe yeah. I agree that there was probably some hubris, and I'm sure, especially like Adi Mundi, the way he was portrayed was kind of like a hoity-toity or whatever. But well, the the Jedi almost refused to believe the Sith were back in the Phantom Minutes. They literally were like, "Oh, there's no way they're back. They've been gone for a thousand years. They don't exist." Exactly. And so, what evidence did them. they have? We destroyed. Yeah, them. What evidence did they have? They destroyed them. That was their evidence. They had destroyed them. Way back when. We don't know when. We, we don't get that. That's off screen. That's before the Phantom Menace. But in the Phantom Menace, they're like, no, they're gone. They've been gone for a thousand years. Exactly. And then in their arrogance, they, then they start to realize, oh, man, there are some Sith around. Whoops. <laughs> you know? That idea keeps growing and growing through the, uh, the even through the Clone Wars. They, they start becoming things that they're not. They're not supposed to be warriors. Um, Mace Windu says in Attack of the Clones, we are keepers of the exactly. peace. And by the end of the movie, he's chopping people's heads off <laughs> and going to war. And he's a general of war. Why is that? Because they are so arrogant that they think that their way is the only way. And they think that their way is the... They, they stop serving the light and they start serving the Republic. I think that they that's got... the problem. They don't I serve disagree the light with side. You. They I think they the got Republic. trapped behind bureaucracy. I think that's the whole point of the prequels, that they got... Trap behind bureaucracy. I think that's what we just. I think that's what we're saying. No, I think we're both I saying think the same that's thing. Because I don't think it was a. Oh, I'm the Jedi and I'm right. I think it was a. The Senate is the one that decides. So the Senate is the one that we listen to. It's like it's a completely different thing. But the Senate shouldn't. The Jedi are separate. The Jedi are. The separate Jedi could not do anything without the Senate's say so. Literally, should. they could. That's not true. What do you mean? That's not. That's true. not true. They were their own order. They were orders separate from the government, but chose to support the government. There were so many situations where the Jedi could not act because the Senate would not allow them to. The Jedi bound their own hands by being a part of the Republic. They could have left at any time right, and done more. And done what? Gone to war with the Republic and killed innocent no. people? Whoa. No. You were, you were no, going to total 180 no. there. How is that a 180? No. Do you think that the Senate would have allowed they, they them wouldn't to have joined defeat? the Separatists? Yeah. Nobody. The How, Jedi what would they heroes. do? Would they would they fight them? They they were the generals. They were commanding the army. You're, you're gonna fight them? No, you're not gonna fight them. I'm not sure how our conversation has gotten to this, but I feel like uh, I don't know. We we just talked a little bit. <laughs> because I just I think that's incorrect. I think that yes, I mean yeah, there is some hubris, but it was also very obvious they were locked behind bureaucracy and it's not by choice they weren't being like oh yeah we have to be we have to be here this is i mean it was what other choice would there have been for them to break off and then start their own world order i know i feel like they felt they felt or at least the high council felt like they had to stay i would give you that but they really didn't they could have been jedi Without the Republic, they could have served the people of the galaxy and yeah. not been a massive galactic organization. They How? could have. How can you serve a, gla a galaxy without being a galactic organization? How could they be the Jedi without? Well, funding? it's like the Peace Corps. I mean, it's like the Peace Corps. Have you ever? You, you've heard of the Peace Corps, I'm sure. They they go out and help people, but they don't fight battles. Right, but how does how is the That's Peace the Corps Jedi funded? Essentially, are how is the Peace Corps funded? So there is canon material to describe how the Jedi Order existed before they had a capital on Coruscant. They existed a long time before they ever had a seat of power. That would make sense. So how did how did they exist? I don't know. Donation? I don't exactly know how they got funded that way. I can't tell you. There's no canon answer to that. But but we would imagine that a lot of people they help probably end up giving back to them in some way. Yeah, and we can also imagine that a lot of their funding, because it's a huge galaxy and is really expensive, that a lot of that funding has to come from the Senate, who controls them. I mean, I, why so you're saying they could not exist without the Senate? No, I'm saying that they would be severely 
hindered without the Senate. I think that they wouldn't have the relationships, the access that they had. And that's have. why they wanted to stay. I agree with you. And that's why they wanted to stay. And so if they didn't stay, the other choice is to what? Go to war? I mean, No, I the other choice is to leave. It's to not get war. Out. They just leave. They abstain. They're, they're like... Um, they're like West Virginia in the Civil War. They don't fight. Exactly. West Virginia in a world. It'd be the tiniest little nation in the world. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know. I'd... Yeah. I mean, they, they just wouldn't fight. I think that the fall of the Jedi, the fall of the, the Republic was more on the power of Palpatine than it was on the blindness of Jedi. Because there's no way that if Darth Vader was in the area that they would have just been blind to that. You know what I mean? Or if Darth Maul was in the area, they would have just been blind to that. I mean, that's, I think that Palpatine definitely had some way to disguise himself. I think, I think we have, we have breached into a different topic. (laughs) Well, we already all gave our (laughs) opinions on the show. Yeah, we did. We did kind of. Well, I didn't, I didn't give all my opinions. You gave them all. I don't know. I have your checklist. You gave all your opinions. I didn't do my positives. You gave them all. Hmm. I know we kind of made it to the negatives already. This is we we just hit we just hit a really big negative with Andrew, um, Diedrich. What what are your negatives for this show? I know we we've already talked about. Uh, are we uh, are we beans. done with positives? Because I had at least one more positive I had to throw out there. Well, dang! I asked you your positives first. Well, you you, you moved to Andrew before I was done. I only said one thing. Well, I'm sorry. What was it? <laughs> Y'all telling me you don't want to give some love to Hugh Yang for fighting off the the assassin droids for a little bit? I didn't know he could move like that. Guess, <laughs> it was like rock'em, rock'em, sock'em uh, robot action, yeah. baby. Like, imagine giving him two lightsabers, or four, or six. Four! I want to see, I want to see him do the, do the uh, General Grievous. Except, That's what I want to see. Except this time it's a good guy, so it'll rhyme, or whatever Lucas said. Yeah, it's poetry. It rhymes and stuff. No, I, I I was all about some Hu Yang, uh, Rock'em Sock'em roboting some HK droids. All right, now I'm done with the good. I dug it. I thought it was also really smart that they did. Uh, he turned off the power to get their attention. I wonder if that is standard um, Jedi procedure. <laughs> it was it was not standard procedure, and that's why Ahsoka knew. So I do have some questions. First off, where the heck is Zeb? Yeah, where, where's he at? I feel like they should have had him be one of the pilots. He should have been with that group. Well, he was with Carson Tiva in Mando season three. I know we don't technically know when this happens, but it's around the time of Mando season three. From everything I've heard, um, and seen in interviews and, and such. It's around that time, so you would think that Zeb would be around. You would think. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. Maybe, maybe, maybe the money ran out. He ain't, they ain't got enough money to to animate him. You know, spend all that money on shiny Anakin. Yeah, it's a lot of money on de-aged yeah. Anakin. Thrawn is also called heir to the Empire by Ahsoka. I know a lot of. Longtime Star Wars fans recognize Heir to the Empire as the first book in the Thrawn trilogy of the EU back in 1992 or 3. So, everyone knows this story, and the Star Wars fans are like, oh gosh, Heir to the Empire, woo! You know? I don't know if it's a good thing. You know, we're foreshadowing a story that we've been told before, and it's going to be different. And we might not like it as good as the first one, you know? Uh, I just don't, I don't know why Disney insists on taking major plot points from the EU, inserting them into their canon, and they have to water it down because they're putting it in shows and TV and not, not novels. Um, you can explain a lot more in a novel than you can in a TV show. I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. But... Yeah, I mean, show it on there and then it's, it's watered down and not as good. No, I mean... It's more of, it's already pretty much written. Why would they rewrite it and then have people be upset? I mean, they're, you, you rewrite it, you're, they're upset. You don't rewrite it, they're upset. I mean, what? <laughs> I would not be upset if they would have just left Thrawn alone. Really? I do like Why? him in Rebels. He's in, he's canon. I mean, it's canon. I, well, he is now. He's canon in Rebels. Right? He was? Yeah. 
He was, yeah. But before that, in 1992, he was in his own trilogy with his own story that was fantastic. It's better than his Rebel story. It's better than the story we're getting now. I don't, I don't know if it's better than the story we're going to get, but I guarantee you it's not going to be as detailed. It's three books. It's three books that I guarantee you most Star Wars fans have not read and will not read. That's but I bet the you they truth. know the story. I don't. I doubt it. I bet I you doubt they it. know the story. I really doubt it. People like us, people like people who are listening to this podcast, who are that involved, know who Thrawn is outside of Disney Camp. But do they know who Luke <laughs> is? <laughs> double double you Luke. Do y'all? They probably do. They've they've read the wikis. I know who Double Luke is. He's a clone of Luke. Oh no, he's not a clone of Luke. He is Luke. He's a clone of regular Luke because uh they got Luke's hand from Empire Strikes Back and used it to clone him and make Luke. Double Does he Luke. look like putty? Like just no, melted putty? Like just the face of like he just has an extra U in his name. Like, uh, what's that dude from uh, the Goonies? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't... Hey, you guys! <laughs> you think he's like a different race? <laughs> he's not. He's human. He's just massively deformed. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, gosh. No, what's his name? God, what do they call him? I don't even know. Does he even have a name? He's- this is kind of random, but I gotten really into the comic books, the Star Wars comic book. And well, maybe you should get into uh, the original Thrawn trilogy from nineteen ninety. You gotta buy that. I mean, <laughs> uh, actually, actually, um, this this might not go on the podcast, but I can send them to you for free. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna read a book on a computer screen. I'd rather just go buy them. <laughs> but also, I'm not gonna do. I'm not about to ruin my th- my Thrawn visual experience with some books and be like, oh man, I hate this series because it's not a book that came out thirty years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I just hate when they did it better 30 years ago and then they tried to cherry pick it, water it down, and serve it to fans just to make a buck. That's just me. Come up, come up with your own stories. I think that's what's happening. I think that there is a man who really enjoys Star Wars that he's retelling a story that he read 30 years ago. And I think that people like you... He's not retelling it. He's changing he's, it. He's changing it. He's changing it. It's not the same story. There's no Han, there's no Luke, there's no Leia. They are major players in that story. We get Sabine, Hera, and that wasn't and his fault. Ahsoka. They were written out of the series. Dave Dave Filoni took his own characters and insert inserted them into a beloved story. He inserted his own characters into it. He took Thrawn for himself and is making that his story, which it is not. But that's just me. And uh there's a Force user very akin to Balin in the 90s Thrawn trilogy. Yes. Damn, that sounds awful, dude. That sounds so bad. This is such a terrible show. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a terrible show. I just don't... I, I actually like this episode. Um, I really do like this episode. I just... I just know how much they've cherry-picked from the the uh, expanded universe and I don't know that kind of doesn't sit well with me but to Diedrich's credit yes Joris uh, Saboth is kind of akin to Balin uh, he was actually a clone of a Jedi of the same name who was lost in space and um, there's a whole conflict it's, it's in that uh, series of books from the 90s the old I guess you can say old canon George Lucas never really cared for the expanded universe. So I don't know if you can really call it quote unquote canon, but it was our canon because it's all we had. Legends, I believe, is the name. Um, of the term. <laughs> it is now. It You're is like now. trying to it's sweeten the deal here. It's legends, dude. It's not canon. It's not. It's it was no it was called the canon. expanded universe back in you the gotta day. You got to get over it. Well, I just I literally just said it. It was never really technically canon. It was our canon. That was all we had. That's all we had. <laughs> So you can't, it's canon because there's nothing I else guess, to dispute yeah. it, right? I mean, I assumed it was all canon up until Disney bought it, right? I thought that was the assumption. I mean, that's what we took it as, just this yeah. all we had. There was nothing else. But yeah, uh, Balin is kind of akin to Jorah Sabath. It's yet to be seen. Maybe he could be a clone of 
a former Jedi. No. <laughs> you don't think so? No. That's, yeah. He, 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 he talks about Anakin like they had known each other, right? And he talks about... He... Yeah, but in those books, though, Jor Sabath swore that he was the real Jor Sabath and could tell you things about the Jedi Order. I, I really don't think they're going to do that here. I really, I really don't think that's going to be how they go. I hope not. I do like Balin being his own man. I like him being a survivor of Order 66. Uh, he does have depth. I mean, I think he is probably my favorite character in this entire show. Yeah, and the actor's done really good at portraying him. Yeah, Rave Stevenson. Oh my gosh. Fantastic job. Kiss him. Stoic enough. Sorry, I mean, oh. give him a hug. I want to give him a hug, dude. He, he did a great job. Oh, yeah. A very passionate hug. But he's stoic enough, and he... I like how he's playing this, because um, Balin is not totally dark. He has these moments where he is um, remorseful. He doesn't want to fight Ahsoka. He doesn't want to kill Ahsoka. He, if he doesn't have to take his lightsaber out and kill anyone, he doesn't want to do it. Like, some of those Jedi tendencies are still um, kind of grasping at him. Yeah. I mean, he's not really, like, Sith. He's, he's a guy who's got his own interest. And he's just, he's there on his own. I don't really, the one thing that I don't get about his character, and maybe I missed something, is what is, like, what is his reasoning? Other than money. It's just money? No. I don't, I don't think we have the reasoning well, it's yet. It's not money. He, There's got to be something else. I mean, he believes that Thrawn can bring order to the galaxy, and, and he wants to have a part in that for some reason. We don't really know why. But Yeah, see, because that, that's the part I don't understand, because he was a mercenary. That's the reason he survived. Is the reason he got connected to them is because he was a mercenary. I mean, he was doing it for money. Right. So I really would like for them to expand on why he's doing what he's doing. And I hope we get that. I really hope we get some flashbacks, um, some explanation, something. We we need something to kind of explain how Balin got to where he is. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would love to see that because he's he's an extremely interesting character. And Shin too. I think Shin. I posted this on Twitter today. I think Shin kind of gives me Darth Maul vibes, man. Like she's she doesn't say bu- a bunch. She's not really vocal, um, just just like Darth Maul in uh, Episode 1. I'm not talking about, like, Clone Wars Maul. But Shin has that kind of feel, like, she's you don't know much about her, and she's interesting for some reason. Like, I, she doesn't say a lot. Like, she, I don't know why, but she is interesting. She reminds me of a main character from, like, an AFI music video. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently Hannah Montana. Are you telling me that's Miley Cyrus? <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, no, just joking. So. <laughs> Drink a few and check back later. <laughs> I was totally just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Hera has finally come into her own. She is finally acting like Hera Syndulla, the one that we know and love from Rebels. One of my one of my gripes was that that whole that whole thing did not really do anything, and I was just like, why are you gonna wait to to bring everybody into the fold here, and then nothing really happened of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like where it ended up. Yeah, it was they. She brought the whole crew, and then nah, it was like, oh, I, they're gone. I think even the start of that, I why did she go do that? What was the point? Why did she wait so long? It, it felt like a like a teenager just being like, oh, I, I hate waiting around here. And I, I did not like it. Yeah, but that is really Hera though. She's she's been a rebel her How entire was that life. Being a rebel. And they said, well, you can't, you can't go chase after Ezra and Thrawn. And she said, yeah, I'm going to chase after Ezra and Thrawn. That's my family. That's who I care about. I care about Ezra. And that is a very Hera thing to do. And up to this point, Hera's been very, very dull to me. Very dull. She's not acting like herself. And now she's finally got that spirit that Hera Syndulla is supposed to have. She gets her crew up and she says let's let's get out of here we're going to find them i don't care what the new republic says and she just she does it that's that's that is hera so this is the first glimpse of hera i've seen this entire series and she got a bunch of people killed 
That's not the first time. <laughs> really? That's not for him. Yeah, it won't be the last, I'm sure. What a great general. <laughs> she does have a good win record. She does. She does. She does have a good win record. By sacrificing all her pawns. <laughs> a win's a win. Hey, man. W. Got that W, baby. I do want to talk about, I guess this is a good, good place to kind of kind of wind down is the world between worlds. Um, Ahsoka fights Balin. Balin knocks her off of this cliff and she falls. <clears throat> we have no idea what happens to her until the very end of the episode where she wakes up on this bridge in the middle of this really dark and creepy looking place, which we can assume is the world between worlds. And we hear Hey Snips, which of course is Anakin's pet name for her Creepy. in the Clone Wars. And she gets up, and who does she see? But Anakin Skywalker. Episode three, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, dude, <clears throat> that was sick. Yes. Yes, Revenge of the Sith. I was Sith. loving it, man. I was having a fanboy moment. I, I do have one question, though. Why do you not de-age him when he was supposed to be a Padawan? And Obi Wan Kenobi, but you de-age him now. <laughs> Money. He looked like a forty-year-old Padawan in Obi Wan, and here he he looked like a weird shimmery CGI character. And spent that Zeb money. <laughs> That's where it went. <laughs> also, notice Chopper barely moves. Yeah. Yeah, Grant said that last episode, and he's right. Chopper. We were we were kind of saying, hey man, maybe it'll get better, but it has not. And he said a couple of things. I think it was like, oh, 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 and that was it. Yeah, he, he's not a big, he's not a major part at all. Which I, I did not think he would be a major part, but it, but at least give him some movement, you know, like give him that kind of quality of life that he deserves. But the world between worlds does present a a vast possibility things like after this you don't know where everything's gonna go when you the the world between worlds as we know is a place where you can kind of access any point in the star wars timeline you can see anything what? that's ever happened and you can interact with it what are you talking about the world between oh, no, worlds. that's not the question that i just asked You say, what am I talking about? The world between... I'm talking about the world between worlds. Can you please further explain the statement that you just said, sir? Yes, I can. So the world between worlds was uh, introduced in the final season of Rebels. Uh, Ezra accesses it through a access point that is located in Lothal. Sabine helped him... Uncover how to get in here by her art skills. Like a temple type thing? No, it's a dimension. I'm it's sorry, like the doorway. The, the, gate, the gate. The doorway. The gate was in a temple. It, it was thing? part of the Jedi oh, temple. Yes. Well, yeah, it was, it was part of the temple. You're correct. So literally anybody could go there or just they were because they were special, they could do it? or Force users. Force users. So, yeah, for, well, they uh, Ezra was able to align... The uh, the little was it balls or was it a little? It was a like sliders. Was it sliders? I like I sliders. Remember. It was a carving depicting the the brother, the sister, and the father mm-hmm. from Mortis. And then he moved some hands. That's right. He moved hands in a certain way, or <clears throat> in a magic way, right? And it accessed the world between worlds. Okay. And while Ezra was in the world between worlds, he saw these. He could see. All these different points in Star Wars history. He heard all these different Jedi voices and Sith voices. He even sees Palpatine at one point. But his major thing that he did in the world between worlds was save Ahsoka. Because Ahsoka fights Vader in Rebels. And we were led to believe she died. That was like at the end of uh, season two, I think, Deidre. Was it season two or season three? Season two. Yeah. Yeah, because we go a whole, there's four seasons in Rebels, and we go a whole season and think Ahsoka's like dead. Mm. And it turns out that she did not die, but before Vader gives the killing blow, 
Ezra pulls Ahsoka into the world between worlds, into this pocket dimension, saves her life, and then puts her back out, and she goes back out into where she came from, survives, and, and lives out until she she comes back and uh, kind of meshes back with the timeline where Ezra came okay, from. Okay, so are you saying this is like a like a Marvel thing where anything can now happen? Because there's million universes, except it's not really universes. It's they can pull from the same universe at any moment in time. So like Pokoon could just show up out of nowhere. I guess there's a possibility of that, but I hope it doesn't. But he would have to have access to the world between worlds. It's very limited. They've they've not used it very much at all, and I think they've used it in a very good way. But all it takes is one villain, Throng, to get into the world between worlds, and then. Start pulling out Darth Vader's and Darth Maul's and Darth Sidious's and being like, ah, these are my pawns now, you know? Like. But he doesn't know about the world. Between but you worlds. see what I'm saying. I, I understand you're poking holes in my, my one thing that I'm talking about, but you're missing my broader point of doesn't this mean that now anything can happen? Kind of. That it, 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 it kind of does. Like anything could happen. I hope they don't destroy certain aspects of Star Wars history. I hope they don't use it to time travel. I hope they don't use it to kind of monkey around with with what we know as canon. I don't want a multiverse. I don't don't want that, but it is a possibility. So I just want to make sure, are you sure that's what's happening here? Because I don't know that that's happening. Because how would would she have gotten there? Did Did she die? Is this like a... We don't know. Well, she didn't use an access point like Ezra did, so we have no idea. We can theorize, but we, we don't really know. I, I mean, it looks exactly like the World Between Worlds and Rebels. It right. is identical, right. and we even see the pathways and I think even like a door or two. So it, they're clearly trying to reference the World Between Worlds. Whether it's going to have the same rules or not, we don't know, but uh, yeah. you know, she's clearly there. There's no way she's not in the World Between Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I am suspicious of Anakin. Is he really Anakin Skywalker? Is he a manifestation of the uh, the sun from Mortis, maybe? Uh, we do hear the uh, some notes from the Imperial March kind of play at the end after they kind of fade, when they're fading out from uh, Anakin's face. Also remember Ahsoka, she kind of has a goddess soul in her now. Um, she does. She's not really mortal. Or not mortal. I said it wrong. Mortal. She's not really mortal anymore. Sorry. Refresh my memory. Where is Darth Vader right now? He's dead. Dead, dead. Because he died. Like, he's for sure dead with Luke Skywalker. For sure. 100%. He died in Return of the Jedi. This is years after. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure that 100%. There's never been any sort of a hint at Darth Vader not being dead. Because yeah, Anakin's when, dead. He, we, he should be dead. They burn his corpse. Yeah, and we've seen Anakin Force Ghost before. The same exact Anakin Force Ghost. Multiple times before. Yes. No, not this exact one. Yes, this exact one. It was It was the Revenge of the Sith Anakin. He's not wearing, he's not wearing the robes. Okay. In Return of the Jedi, he's wearing white robes. He doesn't have a mechanical hand, and he doesn't have a lightsaber. Why does he need a mechanical hand and a lightsaber if he's dead? Okay. That's what makes me suspicious. Or he could be an Anakin Skywalker from a different point in time that somehow accessed the world hmm. between worlds. Hmm. I don't know. There, there's a lot to think about here. There, there's a lot to go on, and I think we would be better suited to, uh, to convene this, this discussion next episode because I think this one, as good as it was, was just a big setup for the incredible episode that we're going to get in episode five. So real quick, let's go on and rate this thing. Uh, Andrew, what do you rate this episode? Uh, Ahsoka episode four, Fall of Jedi. Uh, about Tree Fitty. Tree Fitty out of four. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it about Tree Fitty out of four. I think it was a great episode. Great episode, mm. I think. Best episode so far. I don't know if it will be the best episode of the series. Yeah. This next episode will be pretty epic. With the reveal of Thrawn, etc., yeah. possibly Ezra, etc. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's that's my take. Diedrich, what is your rating for Ahsoka Episode Four, 
Fallen Jedi. Going with an eight. Going with an eight. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that. For my rating, I'm copying Diedrich. And I'm going with an eight. I think it was a fantastic episode. Um we do get some hints at things to come. The world between worlds. Anakin, this this is about to take off. We're about to really go headlong into the story. And I can appreciate that. So let's turn it over now to Master Yoda for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Mmm, clap the word of the week is. <laughs> um, so are we talking about like hands, like hand clapping or? No, much more sinister it is. Agent of the dark side. Master Yoda, I don't... This this is a family show. And I don't really... I don't think we should discuss those kind of things. On Dork Wars the Podcast. Hmm. Discussed it you did. With Dietrich. The clapping gifts. Yeah, but we didn't specify what kind of clap. I don't... I don't really think we should be uh, breaching this topic. Alright, well this is getting really creepy. And I'm gonna have to... Go on and cut this off now. Uh, this has been a great episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out on DorkWarsPodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you find your podcast. We would love you guys to listen and to interact with us. Thank you, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Well, I've watched all the cutscenes on YouTube, okay? Production.